Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seattle 2 Unknown. I am Melinda. And I'm Sarah. And we are your friendly, friendly, idiotic travel podcast buddies. We might need to work on this intro thing. We don't seem to have it quite down. Well, I'm looking at your disclaimer and apparently we're idiots, so I figured we'll emphasize it at the top. (laughs) Just really make sure people know what they're getting into. Well, especially when it comes to today's topic, but that's for a bit later. So, do you have a cocktail of the week this week? I do, which potentially I'm behind on things. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. We're all kind of behind. I don't even get like the cool Kit Kat flavors here in the States. But today I have Dr. Pepper and cream soda. When you held it up just slightly in frame, I kind of thought you were holding up a can of Campbell's soup. No, Sarah. I don't believe in soup. I don't know why you keep insisting on soup. Some people don't believe in God. Melinda doesn't believe in soup. It's all fair. It's cool. It's whatever. No, it's a a new flavor of Dr. Pepper, and it's called Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Creative name. I wonder how they came up with it. Maybe by mixing Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda together? Oh, I get it now. Whoa. (laughs) Imagine that. It's all so much clearer. This is so good. I'm not a Dr. Pepper person. Get out. Leave it's like right now. It's Go. fine, but it's not nope. the first drink I'm reaching for. No. We can't be friends anymore. And this brings us to the end of our podcast. This is a strictly business relationship now. Oh lord. It's so good. I wish it had a little bit more Dr. Pepper flavor to it, but it's pretty damn tasty. Okay. What's your Lamo cocktail? Uh, I went back to the early days of the podcast, and I got an actual cocktail in a can. Ew. Yeah, I was in the drink aisle, and so we have two of the same grocery store within two blocks of each other, and they get different stuff. So the further away one gets more, like, weird Fanta flavors, and I was going to stop at that store, but I forgot, went one stop further and went to the newer store. And they do not have the fun Fanta flavors. And so I was just looking at the drink aisle. I was like, oh, what am I going to grab? I don't want another, I don't know, glass of water. So what I found, and I'll tell you why I picked this. I was looking, I was looking. I was like, ooh, that can has a cute dog on it. Sabotage. You know what's <laughs> crappy if the label's cute. It's got like a little greyhound type dog on it. It's called Goldberg and Son Vodka and Passion Fruit. Because as we know... Germans love their passion fruit. And I thought, mixed drink in a can. That'll be fine-ish. And then I saw on the side, it's 10% alcohol by volume, which in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much, but it's slightly more than I would drink on a work night, typically. But it says maracuja with a dash of vodka. 10% is not a dash. That's a pretty good serving. It depends on what country you're from. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Crap. I don't want to like this. (laughs) Yeah, canned cocktails have not been a friend of mine. Yep, that's good. But I'm not going to finish that because, you know, work tomorrow and adulting. It's it's fine. You're fine. Just down it now. Down in one. Down in one. Or not. So what's your update this week? I apparently successfully did not have to go in for jury duty because apparently February might be a boring month for court. I don't know. Sweet. They didn't have anything scheduled, so I didn't have to go. So it's been another good week of getting a lot of stuff done. Look at you. Adulting. Before this, I just renewed my car tabs and I kind of want to cry on the price because that sucks. But here we are. What's your update? My update is that uh, I don't know that I really have an update. I'm just kind of in limbo right now because I have so many things on my to-do list and I cannot do any of them. It's like they need to come check the smoke detector in my apartment, but I can't schedule an appointment because I don't know when I will be here because at any moment the vet could call and say, bring your cat in for her oral surgery. Yeah, I'm just kind of everything is pending. I can't check anything off my to-do list. And I'm just watching it get longer and longer and going, uh, please, something. Like, I just want someone to come in and be like, okay, I will take this one thing off your list. Just one thing, Ooh. please, someone. So a 
about that, I'm still waiting for my birthday pony, and it's been a good while now. Well, since you didn't give me a pony for my birthday, I don't think so. You have moose. You don't need a birthday pony. (laughs) I need a much bigger dog if we're going to call the pony debt paid. Mini horse? He's a mini horse. Great Dane. I want a Great Dane. If you get me a Great Dane, your debt will be canceled. So about that? (laughs) No. Just no. But is Birdie doing a little bit better? She's doing okay. I won't get into the gory details, but she needs her teeth taken care of very soon. And I feel bad that every moment she waits is a little more pain. But there's nothing I can do. I cannot find a vet to get her in sooner. (sighs) Well, at least you have things in motion to get her to where she needs to be. And you just have to have little pep talks to her. You're tough, Birdie. And on the other hand, though, you got this. When she's all medicated up, she's so cuddly. <laughs> like, she's not a person, she's not a cat who will sit on a lap. She does not like squishy surfaces. If it moves, she does not want to be on it. But every once in a while, I'll find myself in bed and all of a sudden, plop, she's on, like, sitting on my chest or on my lap. I'm like, oh, remember when you did this when you were little? <laughs> Some cats just don't dig it anymore after they grow up. She was never super into squishy things. Like, if you got her a cat bed, she'd stand on it once, then run away in terror because it moves. She doesn't want something that moves under her weight. You must be rock solid. Like, flat surfaces only. I'm just glad my cat's a cuddler. Aww, she's sad kitty. (laughs) Poor girl. Soon, next week. At latest next Friday. You can do it, Birdie. Yeah, but can I last that long? Because you know how many times she's nearly taken off one of my fingers when I'm trying to give her medication? I feel like that's justifiable on her side. Look, you're popping a pill down her throat that she clearly doesn't understand why. So the sacrifice of your finger is, you know, her justification. Not even that. I have to, like, drip liquids into her mouth. Liquid medication for cats is very hard. Poor kitty. All right. And then moving on, Sarah, you have a new story for us this week. I do. So with the trend of airlines charging you for your seat came, I mean, not for your seat. That's just the price of the ticket. But for choosing your seat came a lot of very unhappy parents who now had to pay extra to assure that they would be sitting next to their children. And our story this week is from CNN Travel. It is written by Marnie Hunter. And there's now a petition going around petitioning the airlines to not charge parents to sit next to their children. As of the time that this article was written, the petition was up to 50,000 signatures. Whoa. So are we talking about um, parents with children that are minors or like... Yeah, exactly. Young? So be- maybe not full on minor, but like 13 and under maybe? Oh, actually, that's exactly what it says. Children 13 and <laughs> under should sit with their families while flying and should not be charged extra fees to do so, which feels fair. It's very rare that I... I feel like that's It's very fair. rare that I come across a petition online and I think, yes, I agree. Because they tend to be really whiny, stupid things like, let's redo Game of Thrones season eight with better writers. Was that the last season that people were pissed yeah. about? But. Yeah, okay. So they have 50,000 signatures. Essentially, all they just want is that if there's a minor ticketed, that you, by default, put them next to the adult that they're also ticketed with. It makes perfect sense. But it's not like they're under the age of 18. I think they're being really reasonable by saying a 13-year-old and Mm -hmm. under. They're not trying to... I mean, by the time they're like 14 or 15, you're probably like, go sit by yourself. It's quiet time. (laughs) Please. Mommy's getting her mimosa. (laughs) (laughs) Or six. It's fine. Um, no, I feel like that's 
a reasonable request of people from airlines because airlines do ask if you are traveling with minors, right? And how old mm-hmm. they are. I don't know. I've never bought a ticket for a child. Yeah. Well, you have to put in birth dates for ticketed passengers generally. So you know if it's a child or not. It feels like a complete money grab. They're putting parents in a position where they have to go, my option is spend a lot more but get to choose but have certainty that I'm going to be next to my child or spend the normal price and risk it. Because chances are you're going to be together, but it's not a full-on guarantee. No, and basically they reserve the right to keep shuffling people around as people pay the seat fee. So come on, airlines, just let parents sit next to their kids. Even just from a selfish place, as someone traveling by myself, I don't want some random child sitting next to me and making me feel like I have to babysit them for the flight. Nor do I want to pick my seat and then have a parent come up to me and say, hey, so you're sitting next to my kid. Would you mind moving so I can sit next to them? It puts everybody in a shitty position. Yeah, because you look like an ass if you say no. Mm-hmm. And it you might be sitting in like a middle seat in the middle of the row, which you are completely uncomfortable with for whatever reason. And yeah, that just all kind of blows. In the article, they talked about the people who put together the petition. Technically, uh, they are supposed to put minors next to their parents but airlines aren't doing that at the moment because they know they're going to fork over the money Um, they said in 2018 the department of transit was given 136 complaints from parents who were separated from their children on flights the quote from the person at the department of transit was well that's not enormous in numbers compared to what they get regarding other things they were very striking We're talking about one and two-year-olds. We're talking about children with autism, families just having an enormous amount of problems getting seated next to their children. Later on, they contacted the airlines, and basically the airlines were like, "Mm, this is a little blown out of proportion. We help families. So, you know, uh, let's see. They contacted Charlie Hobart, who is the representative for United Airlines, said, Um, It's in our interest to have families sit next to each other, and it's clearly something that families care about. And we want to ensure that when they do travel with us, that they have a safe, friendly, and enjoyable experience. And this is one of the ways that we can help make that happen. Uh, United just rolled out a policy that families will automatically be seated together. So he's kind of like, just the part where he says, clearly this is something that families care about. No shit, you think? (laughs) <laughs> like oh shit this is a newsflash for a company people care about this uh-huh people like their children whereas when delta airlines was contacted they said they encourage customers with seating questions and concerns to contact them as soon as possible to allow for the opportunity to address their concerns and regardless of the type of ticket purchased delta works with customers on a case-by-case basis to ensure their travels travel needs are met in other words, they want you to wait till you get to the gate and be like, um, excuse me? So they have the opportunity to say, mm, you know what? We can't accommodate your request. Well, with everything that's happened recently, I don't think United has a lot of room <laughs> to burn people more than they already mm-hmm. have. So it's in their best interest to be like, yes, this is something we're going to be implementing right away. Please don't, Mm -hmm. you know, turn away from us. We're sorry. We're not that bad. Yeah, I just... What was the other airline? uh, American? Yes, but I don't see a quote from them. Delta. Delta was the one that said, we'll handle it case by case. Exactly. We might. Yeah. You guys, just give it to them. Is it really that hard? It should just be the default setting. If you book two tickets, those tickets should be next to each other. It's not like if you booked tickets to see a movie... They wouldn't just cram you in wherever. I mean, if you get there late, that's what you get. But you know what I mean? Like, people, by default, probably want to go or do things with the people that they book their tickets with. I mean, 
typically i'd rather sit with someone i booked with than a stranger yeah i it's just one of the money grubbing airline things just another one of many in the last few years that drives me crazy it's really not that hard guys don't nickel and dime people for stupid stuff that should be a given stop it airlines just especially where children are concerned because i don't want to babysit some random lady's kid i just don't Especially if it's, like, a toddler or something. I, I don't know what to do with them if they're screaming. <laughs> Just sit there and look at them and be like, same, buddy, but, you know, I can't get away with that like you yeah. can. <laughs> I don't like the pressure on my ears either. Yeah, and on the one hand, it's really not fair because essentially this comes down to being a parent tax. Like, if you have kids, you're going to have to pay so you can sit together. But on the other hand, like, I don't like the parents who risk it they're like meh we'll just see if we can make it work when we get there because when you risk it somebody's gonna get stuck babysitting your kid maybe midway into the flight you'll agree to change seats <laughs> yeah well if you're asleep that's not happening <laughs> maybe that's what they're banking yeah. on yeah the whole system sucks Yikes. but i am fully on the side of the parents who are like screw you guys fix this yeah for sure i'm with you parents but yeah that's our new story if you agree and think that parents shouldn't have to pay more to sit next to their children, go sign the petition and maybe American Airlines will do something because they're the only ones on the list who seems to not be doing and no wait, no wait, I found it. American Airlines has been developing a process to ensure children younger than 15 are seated with an adult family member, the airline said. Doesn't mean they're together as a group, just means that the child will sit next to one of their parents. Which, I mean, it's something, which is better than good luck, everybody. But just because they're developing it doesn't mean they're implementing it. People oftentimes will say, we're developing something. A new process will come soon, and then it never happens. Which, all of this child talk kind of leads us into today's topic of traveling with kids. Hopefully you know the kids you're traveling with. Otherwise, it's kind of a a weird raising Arizona situation. (laughs) Yeah, please know the children. Don't just be like, you know what? I've never tried traveling with kids. Hey, kid, come here. That is is called trafficking, and it is frowned upon. Or just straight up kidnapping. So our disclaimer on this episode is, as you may be aware, we don't have children. We're familiar with the concept of children. We just don't have any. Yeah, just... Bear that in mind. These are all things that we gathered from various sources. I talked to my sister about it and got some ideas because she is a child haver, unlike me. In fact, she has... I traveled as a child before on a plane. I have also traveled as a child. And I have traveled some with my sister and her kids, which is not the same. When you are not the responsible adult, it is not the same. So... We know. You don't need to tell us. You're only the somewhat responsible adult in that situation. Bear that in mind. I still think this is still pretty solid advice. So if you've never traveled with children and you are facing that prospect, we've got some information that might help. Again, with any topic, your mile may vary. Your mile... Your mileage. (laughs) Look, I have vodka, okay? (laughs) Like two sips and she used three sheets. Your mileage may vary. Take the advice that seems useful to you. Ignore the rest. And uh, good luck. Traveling with children is not always an easy prospect. Unless it was me as a child. I was very well behaved. It's an incredibly difficult process if you're traveling with me as a child. Yeah. Child Sarah would just barf all over the place. Child Sarah took off her shoes and threw them at people when she was upset because they're on backwards <laughs> this is uncomfortable whack <laughs> i put these on wrong Why again anybody tell me <laughs> oh wait adult sarah does but that i throw still. them less i don't okay, need to good. throw them as much because then it becomes fetch i don't dog. need to throw them as much because my aim has gotten much better so there's no need to retrieve the shoe and then throw it again do it again <laughs> i miss so We're not going to turn this into a debate over whether or not it's good to travel with kids or when is a good age to travel with kids. Because I know the whole, oh no, whining kids on the plane, that's all overdone. That can all go die in a fire. 
you know your kids best, so you know whether or not you would be comfortable taking, taking them out into public or crowded places or through airports. If you... Sometimes this travel does not come up yeah. by choice. So you just have to pack everybody up and just grin and bear it, I guess. Yeah. If you're in a position where it is optional, maybe you're planning a vacation and you're debating... Ooh, is my kid ready? Will this go okay? Ask yourself a couple questions like, can they handle crowds? Can they handle a lot of walking? If they're walking, if they're in a stroller, whether or not they can walk is irrelevant. <laughs> Damn it, they're still stroller age. What do I do with them now? Oh, and good. another thing to consider is because bringing a kid along on a trip means your trip is instantly more expensive for various reasons, consider will they remember it? I mean, that's not a deal breaker, but if it could be a financial burden, you can ask yourselves, you know what, they're not going to remember this trip. Maybe we just take them to grandma and grandpa's and then we promise at a later date we will take them on an adventure that they'll remember. That's fair. Like, that's a cost analysis you have to do. Well, it's kind of like the friends that tell you, oh yeah, you know, we went to Disneyland when I was like three. And it's like, was that trip for you or your parents? Because clearly you don't remember being there at that point in your time. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't have someone that can watch you and that's why you're able to go with and them. And that's not to say that you can't do it. It's just if you're in a position where it might make travel financially unavailable to you because now you've got to pay for extra expenses. Because one thing you might not necessarily consider is that a tired parent is more likely to go to like a restaurant with a kid's menu because you don't want to fight with whether or not they can find something to eat or rather than taking public transit, you're just tired and you want to get the kid to bed. So you're just going to take a taxi everywhere. And those costs to make things more efficient and easier and comfortable, things that you might not do when you're solo or traveling with only adults, you might want to do with a kid. And that's fair enough. You just have to keep that in mind that your costs are going to be a little bit greater because kids are slight. Exactly. A whole person. And it doesn't matter the size or the age. It's a whole nother person that you have to consider needs Whether wants. or not they will remember it isn't a deal breaker. It's just something to keep in mind and may make your decision a little bit easier. And if you're still super undecided, don't forget about our good buddy, Rick Steves. We don't know him. He's not affiliated <laughs> He's just a friend us. in our own minds. He is. I mean, you know, growing up watching Rick Steves Europe, he has a great article about whether or not you should travel with kids. And he's an expert about travel to Europe specifically. So maybe give that a look over too if you're still not sure if you have that option that yeah. is. Rick Basically, knows a lot. He's a good Basically resource. what he said is that traveling with kids means you're going to see a whole different side of the place you're going to than you would just traveling with adults. Because when you're traveling with kids, you're going to maybe stop at more parks versus going to museums, going to more kid-friendly restaurants than you would fancy restaurants. That's not always true. That's not universally true, but it just could impact what it is you're going to experience in a way that you might not necessarily predict. That's really good points actually see don't have kids didn't think about that <laughs> yeah there's a whole lot of things that you don't think about until you have kids many of which i could not possibly predict because you know no kids we're gonna have to start traveling with our cats so we can get a good feel for this perspective. i've traveled with my cat and i would not recommend it if traveling with kids is anything like traveling with a cat i don't want to do it <laughs> But you long haul moved with a cat. You have not gone on vacation with a cat. This could be a whole new experience for you, and it might make you more relatable to parents. You know, you know what parents really don't like when you compare owning a pet to being a parent. <laughs> hey, they're little dependents. They're just not obligated to go to school. Yeah, but you leave your cat at home during the day by himself. You can't do that with a kid. Yeah, but they get so sad. <laughs> they get so sad when you're gone for so long. Yeah, but has your cat ever tried to home alone some burglars? That's the real differentiator between pets and kids. Your cat would never swing a paint can at a, kid, at a person's face. Nah, he has um, tiny knives attached to the end of his toes, so... But no thumbs. That's the differentiator. He has thumbs. They're just not posable thumbs. Anyway... Moving on, um, if you have 
decided this is the thing you're doing. You're traveling with the kids. How do we make this work? So start by planning. When thank you. (laughs) Duh to you too. When you plan for your trip, build in more time than you would do if it were just you. Because the more people in your party, whether or not they're kids, the slower you are going to be. It's just sort of the nature of people is everybody has their own idea of what on time is and what their own idea of like commute time is. So more people, longer time. Now factor in the idea that you might be pushing a stroller on cobblestones. You might have a tiny human who is apt to have a meltdown at any moment. It's just going to be more challenging getting from point A to point B. So give yourself a little bit more slack. Like, don't forget naps. Naps are important for everybody. So make sure you have points in the day where it, like, your schedule is not jam-packed and you have points in your day where it's like, yeah, now is a good time to fit in a nap for you, for the child, for everybody, because naps are great. And that actually also plays into the idea that you need to um oh where is i going with that oh one of the hidden costs of traveling with kids is that you might be more inclined to get a hotel in a more central location which is going to cost a little more because if you're in a hotel out on the outskirts it might be cheaper but running back to take naps or you know recharge do whatever you need to do maybe a baby has like a blowout diaper and you need to go clean them up you're going to want to be more central in those cases which is going to cost a little more so just factor that into your decision making process or the fact that you're gonna have to head in earlier just so you can get that Mm -hmm. extra sleep that everybody's needing so maybe if you have some older kids but they're going to need to sleep more because they're past the the nap stage that kind of shortens your day a little bit too of your outs yep. and abouts um, another thing that you can think about when you're planning is that even if you are not from the place you're visiting your kids can probably still get a kid or a student discount so keep that in mind there is some uh, money saving points to this and depending on where you're visiting, that student discount can be extended to college students. In fact, students. it extends to college students almost always. Yeah, which extremely jealous of, because we don't really do that here in the States. It kind of stops once you're 18 and you're like, nah, oh, you're no, an adult, full it price. it does not. I still get student discounts even at, like, Madewell and Kate Spade and... Certain places will still give it to you as a college student because they know you, you broke and that you know, they should be honored that you're choosing to spend what little money you have on them. Yeah. But but if you are an older student, such as myself, bring your student ID with you because you never know when that discount is going to pop up. And they can be pretty good. I've seen like 15, 20% discounts. I get into museums for cheap. It's quite handy. I love me my student discount. Um, but also while you're traveling, besides bringing a student ID, make sure that you have the right documents with you, especially if you're traveling as one adult with children. I don't think everyone realizes, but in the U.S. and internationally, to cross a border as a single parent, that doesn't mean you are single, but like without your partner. It's just you with a child. You must have written permission from the other parent legally. Do they ever check? not necessarily but if you don't have it and you can't verify that you have like both granted permission for the child to travel you can get in trouble like they may detain you until they can ascertain whether or not you have permission to be taking the child across borders especially if maybe you have a smart mouth child that wants to tell everybody how Mm -hmm. they don't know you because they think it's funny or anything like that like if they just blurt things out that aren't true Make sure you have documents to say, no, no, legal parent, I have permission from everybody to be here with this When child. I was in high school, my mom took some friends and I to Oregon for my birthday, and everyone thought my mom was crazy when she asked for my friend's parents to provide letters of permission, and it nothing ever came of it, but technically she was right, because taking a bunch of kids over the border looks a little sketch, so. So play Yeah, ahead. and at the airport, they... <laughs> can potentially question you about that so just get all your ducks in a row especially this day and age 
Yeah. Um, another good thing is to actually ask, you know, the children what they want to do on this trip because it's their trip too. And they're going to have ideas of what they think will be fun versus what you might think is fun. So make sure you ask them and talk about that. Same with if you're planning a trip with a whole bunch of other adults. Everybody has the right to say what they want to yeah, do. Just because they're tiny humans doesn't mean they don't have opinions about things. Which I'm sure if you're a parent, you know this. But the more they buy into it, the more it becomes their adventure. I think the less meltdowny it might be depending on the age i mean maybe yeah well if they're old enough and they're like hey i want to do this and you're like okay well we're here let's talk about how we're gonna get there because it's gonna be like an hour-long train ride you know you can you can build them up for the anticipation of like hey this is going to be a journey to get to where we want to go but it'll be worth it in in mind make sure that the thing they want to do is open at the time that you'll be there because when my sister and her family were coming to visit literally there was one thing my nephew wanted to see just one thing the trip was from seattle to london to paris to germany and then home all he wanted to see was big ben and If you don't know, Big Ben is currently under construction for like the next five years. So when we got there... As most things tend to be, Except not only was it under construction, but it was scaffolded scaffolded up, so not an inch of it was visible. And when I say Big Ben, I mean the tower itself, obviously not the bell. But we rounded the corner and my nephew just goes, is that what I... (laughs) Oh... I felt so bad because in the back of my mind, I kind of knew. Like, I had heard about it being under construction, but it just didn't occur to me because I wasn't planning this trip. Like, I I didn't look anything up for this because I'd been to London at this point, I don't know, five, six times. And so we didn't know. We couldn't have warned him. And his poor little heart was broken. And we got him a little mini Big Ben figure so he could take it home. Like, look, now you've seen it. And he goes, it's not the same. (laughs) It's not. So if you're going to get them jazzed by saying, oh my god, we're going to see the thing that you want to see, make sure they can actually see it. Which goes along with kind of teaching them and getting them involved on researching about the destination before they go. That way they have some kind of feeling for what it is they're seeing. I think we've all had the experience where we just kind of pop into some sort of tourist thing and we look around and go, I don't know what I'm looking at here. It looks cool, but what, what is this? What is the significance of what we're looking at? That way they have a little background information and they don't have that feeling. Welcome to London, where the history no, comes from. No, it's not London, it's Europe. <laughs> well, it's not part of Europe anymore. <laughs> I'm true, actually. Um, welcome to Brexit, where the new history is coming from. <laughs> they no longer associate with the old history. Yeah. They just kind of crowbarred themselves away from Europe. But not physically, just emotionally. That's what the English Channel is, it's just... The giant crowbar. The emotional distancing. <laughs> oh, boy. So, an- don't teach them <laughs> that. Don't teach them that. That would be, that would be terrible. They're going to do terrible on their history tests. What's Brexit? Well, let me tell you about Brexit. That's when we emotionally crowbarred ourselves and put the English Channel in. <laughs> so, another thing you should do while planning is anticipating anticipate limiting times in museums or breaking up museums with more active things so like sure you might as an adult be able to walk through a museum for two hours a kid might not be able to maintain their attention that long so maybe go into the museum then go out and grab a lunch in a park and then go back in and check out the rest if you want to see it but potentially unless your child is a complete saint and has an incredible attention span they might not be able to handle the same duration that an adult would so just plan that out and break it up so they're not doing huge spans of time where they have to focus otherwise they're going to turn into that kid running through museums knocking statues over and nobody wants that I hear it's really expensive when you damage the art. Yeah, and it is not something that people celebrate. It is pretty frowned upon. Like the one girl that was trying to take a selfie and knocked over like the whole room <laughs> of things on like the, the pedestal columns. Yeah. Don't yeah, do and like that's that. not to say all kids Don't eventually become little terrors running through museums. But if you know your kid has that in them somewhere deep down, you know. The Tasmanian devil vein. <laughs> just give them a little break. 
But speaking about uh, knocking things over, let's talk about safety. Yes. Everybody That's loves why safety. I still wear a safety vest when I go out in public. It's true. I've seen it. She's like the crossing guard lady, but like she's not safe when she does it. She just wears the vest because she thinks it makes I stole it mine from when I was a crossing guard in sixth grade. Wow, I bet that smells <laughs> lovely. God, that would be really sad. Anyway, continue. Uh, make sure your kids have their address somewhere in their backpack or maybe just write it in their little jackets that they'll probably lose. Our um, phone number. Mm-hmm. or be able to know your phone number really easily. Actually, isn't there a lot of, like, hacks on Pinterest of putting, like, waterproof temporary tattoos on your kids about, like, their phone number or your phone number just in case yeah, they get lost? Yeah, they also make wristbands, kinds that would be challenging for small children to get, to get off themselves so they're less likely to be lost. So there's all kinds of options. Make sure that if your child is small, they have somewhere that someone could easily find contact information for you if for some reason they're lost, or if they're older, that they know your phone number by heart. So again, if for some reason they've wandered off and they can't find you, someone can help them contact you. And if they're kind of on the cusp where you're confident they know what your phone number is, but you know, they're still little enough that maybe they'd make a mistake, don't risk it. When kids are stressed out or when anyone is stressed out, your memory is not going to be at its best. Stress makes your memory go down very significantly. So just don't risk it. Put your phone number somewhere where they can find it. Make sure they know where it is too. Don't just write it in their backpack and hope that they figure out that it's there. Or someone starts searching their backpack to find contact information. This next tip came from my sister. Uh, she said, use your stroller for your kid for as long as they will allow it in terms of age, because a kid in a stroller is a kid whose location you know. When they get to the point where they're like, mm, I, I want to walk, I'm a big kid, that's so much easier to lose a child in a crowd when they're walking on their own. Even if you hold their hand, kids are slippery little things. <laughs> So a kid in a stroller that is buckled in is not getting away. You know where they are at all times. You're not going to lose them in a crowd. Take as full advantage of the fact that your kid is willing to sit because also a kid in a stroller is a kid that's on the move. If they want to walk for themselves, eventually they're going to tire. A lot faster. And if your kid is old enough to have their own phone, make sure if it has tracking abilities, you turn that on and link it to your device. So even if the cell service is off, you can still know where they are. Yep. Just in Because case. the maps on phones work based on GPS and GPS is not tied to cell service, which is why you can use Google Maps offline. They've really thought of everything, haven't they? <laughs> But yeah, just make sure it's turned on so then if it's in their pocket but they can't actually use it for anything, you can use it as your own little child GPS tracking device. Another thing that you should have is just in case of the very worst case scenario that you cannot find your child, have an up-to-date picture of them on your phone. Which is probably already Yeah, you've probably got photos. In this day and age. And in fact, you've probably got vacation photos that you took that very day. But just make sure that... You keep that in mind because if you go, if you need to contact the authorities and say, my child, I can't find them for whatever reason, this is what they look like. You've got a photo ready to show them. Just keep that in mind. Don't panic. It's there. Probably. And the more recent the picture, the easier it might be like, hey, this is literally what they started wearing this exactly. morning. This god awful Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> it should be easier. I don't know why he's got a Hawaiian shirt, khaki shirt, shorts and a fanny pack and a bucket hat, but my child on vacation has turned into an old man. Oh, with them New Balance, those white New Balance shoes. And the socks halfway up your calves. (laughs) Vacation goals. The next tip is get travel insurance. I know, we say this literally every other episode. Get travel insurance. It is extra important with kids because kids are slippery. Next thing you know, they have fallen down and broken something and you don't know how it happened. Especially if you know your child is prone to falling mm-hmm. down. If your child is nothing. me. <laughs> or my sister that has tripped in a puddle and hurt herself. Get travel insurance. I mean, not to brag or anything, but I broke my leg while jumping rope. So, yeah. Get travel insurance if your child is like me. If your child exists, get travel insurance. But, you know, especially yeah. if they're like me. I definitely feel like that is a non-negotiable point get travel insurance lastly have a plan 
for if you get separated with little itty bitty kids i mean telling them a plan might not be super useful but if your kid can follow instructions they're old enough to logically follow steps tell them a plan if we get separated we will meet here this is what local police officers look like if you see someone who's wearing this uniform you can approach them for help that kind of thing so that way there's a system in place that will help reunite you i'm surprised you didn't start singing with this one oh now i want to sing damn you So, so like for instance, Melinda and I have a plan that if we get separated, we find a Starbucks. Do you want to go to Starbucks? I always want to go to Starbucks. Okay, bye. That's what she says as we get separated. (laughs) As I walk away towards the Starbucks. Actually, I heard another tip recently that I thought was really good. It won't work everywhere, but if you are in a city with an Apple store, go to the Apple store because you know what you can do at the Apple store? Use the computers and charge charge your phone phone. find your friends i mean anything you log into at the apple store you got to be careful that you log back out of it but it's actually kind of don't have it save your (laughs) password yes please don't do that it's actually kind of brilliant though because the apple store has everything you need you can look at maps you can you could email you can do whatever facebook messenger and they're usually big enough that they're easy to spot from far away and i bet if you ask anybody on the street apple store they'd point you in the right direction you know what's hard to find, though, some places? The goddamn library. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then people ask strangers where the library is, and we go, I think we passed it over there. I don't know. And we hadn't. <laughs> and we had not. We were so wrong. We found it later, though, just out of wandering. Yeah. But, yeah. We were in Helsinki, and two Spanish-speaking people came up to us and were like, Biblioteca? I'm like, ugh. I know that <laughs> word, but I don't know where it's Donde located. Donde la biblioteca? I love that bibliotech is like except for ours. We need to change that. Dear America, get on board. Fancy Kit Kats, bibliotech. If your meetup place is your hotel, make sure they know how to what the hotel address is. If your meetup place is a Starbucks, well, you might have to hit up a lot of Starbucks depending on the city. But essentially, go someplace that you've agreed upon. Sesame Street. Can you tell me how to get to See, Sesame See, that's a challenging Street. one, because nobody knows how to get to Sesame Street. They never nobody finish knows. it in the song. It's one of life's greatest mysteries. How do you get to Sesame Street? It's a secret. Not for Follow you. Follow the seven-foot-tall bird. I hear it helps. <laughs> Next, you've booked your trip. You've done your planning. You've hashed out your security contingencies. What do you do at the airplane, or at the airport, on the plane, or in a car, depending on where you're going. Cry. You I cry. hear crying does not get you through security faster. <laughs> well, if you want to cry, then take a red-eye flight. But by all means, try and avoid those. No one's going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. They're not going to no. be happy. It I'm not even happy it. to take a re- red-eye flight, and I'm a grown-ass adult. Are you? I mean, I did just have a birthday. I think 32 is when you become grown-ass. No, it's not. It passed. Nobody really wants to take a red-eye flight. Sometimes you do it because it's just you and it's saving you money. But when it comes with traveling with anybody else, or especially kids, nobody's going to want that. They don't care how cheap it was. They don't want to be there that early. Yeah, nope. Nobody wants that. The next thing you should do is prep the kids. Explain to them what will happen before it happens so that they don't feel overwhelmed especially with planes take off mid-flight and landing like you you need to kind of explain how it's going to feel what's going to happen when the cabin's pressurized and how they're going to have to mm-hmm. pop their ears and how crying does not pop no, it your does ears. not but not just the flight itself explain to them security because standing in line in a huge crowd of people can be overwhelming if the security agent needs to give them a pat down, that can also be super overwhelming. Just tell them, okay, first we're going to put our bags on this conveyor belt. Then we're gonna wait in line. And when it's our turn to go through the detector, we walk. And if it beeps, he may say, stop, I need to check something. And then, you know, just walk them through the details. The pat down will be like this. I will be next to you and we will wait together until it's over. Just let them know because having a stranger suddenly approach you and start patting you down is a lot to process 
for anyone of any age. If you're not anticipating it, it's a lot. And Sarah and I have this conversation every time before she goes on the flight just to make sure she's comfortable <laughs> of what might happen but at the airport. But you don't wait for me while he gives me the pat down. You just walk away and laugh. I wait. <laughs> over on the safety side. When they said you're a safe person. If they person. can anticipate it, it'll be less stressful for everyone. So just, you know, give them a rundown. Also, activities on a plane. Sometimes you can only watch Rio so many times. Or there may not be a lot of kid-friendly options or ones that they like. So make sure that you have other things for them to do. Whether it's coloring or reading a book or a different movie that you have on your own device. Something that they will be... Um, something that will hold their attention for a good portion. Not everybody can sleep on a plane. So anticipate them potentially not sleeping and needing entertainment of some sort for however long your flight is and anticipate your child's attention span if you're on a i don't know a five plus hour flight and you bring them a single coloring book depending on the child that might not be sufficient so maybe bring they might need a few different or like an activity book with activity puzzles and that kind of thing but if you have a device where you can download different movies Knowing the fact that each movie is going to be maybe like an hour and a half can also help, especially if it's one that they love to watch and it's one they've watched over and over again and they're still cool with it. That's going to be a whole lot of time just passed without them realizing it because they're watching their favorite movie. And get their input on it as well. Throwing a stack of stuff in front of them that you don't necessarily know that they're they're super excited about is not as effective as going with them to a bookstore like going through a hudson news beforehand and being like what do you want to read let's find you something interesting can i help you pick something out because if they choose it they're invested in it yeah especially if it's like a fun mm -hmm. thing like hey you get to pick out a new book for this or a new coloring book something age appropriate i would assume yep but yeah, yeah, if they're a part of the process, so they're going another to buy into thing it. you should do, you should absolutely do is take advantage of pre-boarding. When they call people to board and they say people with mobility issues and families with young children may board now before they call anybody else on, that is for you. Take your time. <laughs> Gather your things and get on that plane before it gets crowded. Because getting kids settled in is very different than getting yourself settled in. Yes. Especially when you've got like a stroller that you need to gate check yes. and a booster seat that you need to set up and all of that. Whatever the case may be, even if you don't have any of that, still take advantage of pre-boarding while we all stare at you in jealousy. <laughs> they're not, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. They're not mad at you. They're jealous of you because they wish they could have the time and the less pressure to board and I mean, get settled. I mean, if the kid that you're traveling with is 18, sit your butt down. Everybody else, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How about those baby bassinets? Have you ever seen one on a plane? I have. A few times. Okay. Yeah. Um, apparently, if you have an itty-bitty baby baby, uh, some planes will also have bassinets in the bulkhead rows so that you and your baby can sleep safely and at the same time yeah. oh the dream the first time i saw this i was flying air new zealand and i was in a bulkhead seat that didn't have a bassinet because it was on the exit row and the middle section did have a bassinet and this it was so funny mom came on board with the baby set up the bassinet it hangs from the wall of the bulkhead and oh okay you just plop the baby inside and they're pretty sizable like i think you could probably fit a baby up to like 10 months or more. I mean, I'm not great with baby ages, so don't quote me on that. Baby just goes inside, hangs from the wall, and mom kicked up her feet and just kind of sprawled out like, my work here is done. The baby is in bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know that was a thing. I have not seen it in the wild, so. Uh, um, but the bassinet maybe just can be taken down and put on the ground if you like need to be able to get in there and like do i don't know whatever but hang it up on the wall and the baby is secure i think it even has like a little baby seat belt 
I'm not fully certain on that. Just maybe call and make sure this is an option on your flight. Yeah, it tends to be only on long-haul flights. Like, mine was LA to New Zealand. It's a very long flight. I can't imagine going on a flight like that where without the baby being able to sleep somewhere comfortably. Ugh, that would be awful. So if you're on a very long-haul flight, look into it. Also, Air New Zealand has their own special option called Air Couch or Sky Couch, where if you're traveling with maybe two adults and a child or one adult and two children, you can book an entire row of seats, like an entire cluster of three or four seats, and it will, the seats connect and lie down flat, so it becomes a couch, and you can all sleep flat. That's they're the also dream testing, right there. Yeah, they're also testing out bunk beds coming up soon. So you could buy a seat that's really just a bunk bed, and you get to sleep the whole way. In economy. Look at that. So, Airlines looking out for the little guy. Look look into your options. So, because that sounds like the perfect situation for a lot of different parents. Yeah. Moose, do you mind? Not at all. Um, while the dog is scrounging around for snacks... Keep snacks handy. Make sure there's snacks that you can take onto a plane, which is something we've talked about before. And make sure it's something that your kid's actually going to eat. Yep. That's another one of those things about making sure your kids have bought into it. Like Have them give you their input about what they want to eat. Because if you pack a lot of stuff they hate, you're going to have some very grumpy, hangry kids later. And fun fact... Um... Sometimes you're on a plane with someone with a nut allergy, cough, cough, my sister, cough, and your trail mix may not be allowed. So pack foods that don't necessarily contain nuts as a backup. Certain nuts. Yeah, at the very least, if you pack things like mixed nuts or trail mix or whatever, just anticipate that it might might not be allowed. And if that's the case, you got to have something else ready. Yep, because sometimes on that recirculated air, just the smell of it in the air or in proximity to someone with a really bad nut allergy can set them off. So try not to kill people with your snacks by accident. Yeah, I was on a flight recently. It was the very first time an announcement had been made about nut allergies. They said, there's an individual in row whatever who has a nut allergy. So could everyone within a three-row radius not eat nuts? A three-row radius? That's it? I feel like the air is being circulated. If someone in first class opens up a nut, that dust is in the air. But, you know, that was just my opinion. We'll start with three rows and see what happens. Yeah. So just be aware, because it does happen. It's happened to me, so it must be happening more often than even we realize. And if you're traveling by car, make sure you know some fun car games. License plate, bingo, uh, word search, I'm going on a picnic, all those fun things. Instead of going yep. on a picnic, I like to go on a zombie apocalypse, and this is what I'm bringing. A dagger. Ooh, that doesn't start with A. A dagger. That's not how the game plays. <laughs> Besides, A is always asbestos. Oh, obviously. Yes. But that's one of my fun games just to play in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are going somewhere and you are renting a car, you don't necessarily need to bring a car seat with you. Look into what the car rental place offers because they may very well ha- have a car seat waiting for you. So that's one less thing you have to carry. Just look into it and see if that's an option they have because nobody wants to carry a car seat through the airport. Not if you don't have to. So I have one more thing to do on the plane to recommend to you. And it's something that my sister did for me when I was little. Worked like a charm. Play the silent game. So when I was two or three, my family went to Disney World because while I was never going to remember it, my sister at the time was 13 and she was going to remember it. So that's the hazard of having children 10 years apart. You always have one who's old enough to do things and one who's too young to do things. But in this pre 9-11 world, my parents had my sister and I fly out alone. They, f- My parents flew out together. My sister and I, 13 and 3 years old, flew out together. Ooh, I feel bad for her, your sister. Uh-huh. Because I, as we've mentioned before, was a nightmare. And so what my sister did on the flight to keep me entertained was tell me that if you look really carefully out at the clouds, you might see Care Bears. Ooh, good 90s reference. Uh Uh-huh. And so I spent the whole flight going, I think I saw one. Did you see it? And her going, 
didn't see that one show me show me the next one because my sister is like she was destined to be a teacher and a mom and i was destined to annoy people funny how that works Uh, gold star for both of you on achieving these goals. I don't know what the modern equivalent is that a kid might be looking for out in the clouds, but you know, have them look. Find something, tell them it's out there, and have them look for it. But not gremlins on the wings of the plane. Don't go Twilight Zone. Also not a super current reference. Everybody knows a Twilight Zone. Or an old pioneer woman churning butter. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, is that better? More recent? <laughs> so those are our tips for traveling with kids. I think the the main thing is, is you know your kid better than anybody else and you know what they can handle. Travel is sort of a unique overstimulating experience. So their reactions might be more heightened to things than they would be at home. And just, you know, bear that in mind because travel is hard and it's hard on a small body to process but at least if you're starting them young they're going to get better at it as they get older and even if it's challenging they're going to get a lot out of it whether they remember it or not because cha- because travel expands people and kids horizons more than can be measured oh such a touching message oh um tip of the week kind of goes along with all of this child travel goodness to kind of help them understand maybe the budget that went into making this trip happen give them a small amount of money so then they can figure out what they want to spend it on for a souvenir and it's going to mean more to them than if you just bought them random things like they picked it out they used their money for it you know and it's gonna help them understand well you have twenty dollars and you can't get this thing because it's too much but you could get this and this which is pretty darn cool too it teaches them budgeting it also teaches them a little bit about currency exchange that's a nice teachable moment like you have twenty dollars that means you have you know 16 british pounds that kind of thing yes and be like money's not quite the same around the world and it would also be interesting to go into like a grocery store and be like did you know at home we spend x amount on milk and look here they spend this amount just little things that aren't necessarily historical there's economic things that they can learn while traveling or candynomic things they can learn about <laughs> traveling where they find the different candies that you don't have at home let them pick out some for everybody to try together because that's a yep. fun game no matter how old you are plus if you find something that they really like you've got bribery material there for the rest of your trip candynomics get into it if you sit patiently while your brother runs into the bathroom i'll give you a purple starburst i want a purple starburst i mean i don't think treating children like you would a dog that you're training is probably the right way to handle things but in a pinch it'll do (laughs) i mean if you're like trying to solve a meltdown potential crisis then do what you gotta do so hopefully that gets you going gets you thinking gives you some options i learned stuff today did you well i mean i wrote the agenda so i knew all of this stuff But well, if I hadn't, maybe. stuff when you're doing your research. This is true. And plus, I got to talk with my sister. I feel bad. She probably had a whole lot of flashbacks of traveling with you as a child. So many shoes thrown at people's heads. And she's like, thank God my kids are well behaved compared to her. Honestly, yeah. Her kids compared to me are perfect little saints. They're good kids. I like them. I'd travel with them again. They are good kids. I haven't really traveled with them, but they're good kids. Maybe not when they're hungry, but otherwise. (laughs) See, that's why we bring snacks. Introduce them to road trip sushi. Snacks, man. Snacks are the key to what makes the world turn, honestly. If we didn't have snacks, do you know how many more wars we would have? I make sure I always have a snack 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 stash and it's important and you've never once gone to war so there might be something to this theory exactly see snacks they're like the peacekeepers of the world see the unsung heroes i did learn something (laughs) i learned that snacks prevent war is that reading rainbow or the more you know one i think the more you know is do 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 I think I'm thinking of Reading Rainbow, but take a look. It's in a book, a Reading Rainbow. Wait, wait. Butterfly in the sky. I can fly twice as high. All right. Before we get sued, tune in next week for more travel, adventure, advice, shenanigans. Probably Sarah singing some more unprompted. As always. That was prompted. Just kidding. So we'll 
probably see it next week. If you're traveling with children, we hope everything goes well. We hope that this has given you some ideas. And remember, regardless of what happens, it's an adventure. So share your adventures with your little buddies. So then hopefully as they become successful adults, they'll take you on trips when you're really old. That's the key. When they get rich, they will pay you back somehow. Maybe in adventures. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I think that does us this week. Uh, Bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can jump right onto our website, www.c2unknown.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at S-A-R underscore S, and Melinda is on both as at HooliganMonster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye!